Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, and t- on today's show, we're going to talk about uh, some interesting uh, cases that are happening in Wisconsin. And help me do that today. We have with us Pacific Justice Institute attorney Carol Lee. Carol, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Brad. Now, uh, Carol, first, I understand that uh, you know we were working hard, you were working hard on behalf of employees who were fired from their job effectively from Ascension Health, the second largest health provider, I understand, in the entire United States. Uh, and uh, you went to bat for them. Some of our other attorneys and other offices did the same and uh, were able to get their jobs back. But that's still continuing in litigation. I understand you've got a, at least uh, two or three dozen employees you're representing still. Why, uh, why is it still going on, the litigation? Well, when they were... Um put on suspension on November 1st. They were threatened with termination by January 5th, 2022. Um, Within five weeks of that suspension, right before Christmas, they were, some were reinstated. Majority were reinstated, some were not. Uh, Some were let go, including a few physicians who who had been at the hospital for over 30 years, who lost their patients, who lost um, their, their profession and had to quickly move forward you know, at the, at the twilight of their career. Mm. Um, other, other employees um, did go back, but they didn't get back pay. And so there's a significant amount of harm there for those weeks that they were off. And there are other employees that um, were either offered a job that was not of the same caliber because their jobs were filled in their absence um, or just couldn't, couldn't find a way to come back since of the, because of the way Ascension had treated them. Yeah, so, I mean, these are people who've been really materially harmed not because of anything they did except their faith and not wanting to compromise their sincere religious convictions about getting a very, very controversial, potentially harming vaccine related to COVID-19. So, um, you know, these people went through a lot. Uh, We're not giving up on them. Uh, You're uh, representing them and hopefully they'll get their back pay. Breaks my heart to hear about specifically some of the, you know, the doctors uh, you know, in the twilight of their career, being truncated, losing their jobs. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like people aren't getting sick anymore. I mean, I just don't see, you know, this is, cl- I think, clearly because of their religious convictions and beliefs. And so uh, that's a, a real shame. I, I appreciate the work that you're doing to uh, see these all the way through, these cases, to make sure that these people are um, going to fully uh, be made whole as, as best we can in our court system today. So uh, hats off to you on that. I don't think, I think you also uh, mentioned uh, earlier before the program something about uh, Facebook um, announcing a lot of employees who had lost their jobs. What, what's going on there with that Facebook announcement? Well, there's a group of Wisconsin healthcare workers who have created their own Facebook page um, who are lining together for um, healthcare freedom. And many of these healthcare workers did lose their job or did face adverse employment, such as the incension workers. 
um, for not complying with the a vaccination, a mandated vaccination policy, whether it was the flu vaccine or COVID vaccine. Um, and these are, these healthcare workers are really troubled by what they're seeing um, in the Wisconsin hospitals on medical freedom and religious freedom and the ability to take action on, to be independent and take action on your own healthcare with your own doctor rather than having your employer or someone else force medical treatment on you. Um, and so with that, with the alignment, um, they've really come together and have taken charge. And some of them, um, approximately 300 of them recently lost their job um, at the end of September for not getting a vaccination for the COVID, for the COVID um, because of the new Novavax vaccine. So they all had religious exemptions and accommodations last year. And um, their employer, Frederick Hospital, said, um, no, you're, because, you, because you based your religious exemption on um, the border fetal stem cells and it does not, they're claiming that Novavax vaccine does not have any ties to aborted fetal stem cell lines. Um, your religious exemption has expired and now you have to get the Novavax vaccine. And so on September 21st, they were all let go. About 3% of Freighter Hospital's employees were let go in the height of a healthcare shortage. Okay, so, uh, the, so the claim is that, hey, we got this other vaccine now and it's in no way linked to uh, aborted fetuses, uh, you know, abortions. So therefore you've got no excuse. Um, you know, what, what's the truth here? Is, is, is that true? Is there no linkage at all with abortions, uh, usage of cells for testing, even development? No, no linkage at all with regard to Novavax? Well, a deep dive looking into how Novavax was created, it does show that some of their testing facilities did use aborted fetal stem cells to test the vaccines. And so, and I think sometimes these employers don't understand the strength of these of individuals' convictions against the abortion industry. And these employers do not want a single bit of ties to the aborted fetal stem cell lines. And so they are fighting this. Right. I know from a medical risk perspective, Novavax is a completely different animal from uh, the other ones that uh, were out there, the J&J, &J, Moderna, and, and, and Pfizer. J&J uh, is a, a, a progressive form of a vaccine which has had some problems. Uh, the mRNA vaccines from um, uh, Pfizer and all, you know, these have been very controversial of, in terms of um, risks and, and all kinds of, of uh, you know, post-harmful uh, information that's come out from those who've had it. But the Novavax is a, a traditional vaccine, like the flu, where it uses just a, a, a protein, I think from a moth, if I'm not mistaken, and they inject it, and it looks, it simulates what the, the virus looks like, supposedly, and the body attacks it, just like the, the process of, uh, of a traditional vaccine. It's a it's not the messing with the RNA or anything like that. Um, so I know that there's a lot of people out there who may be in dire situations where they just feel like, gosh, I've got to get a vaccine in order to do X, Y, and Z or to keep my job doing, you know, whatever, um, that are choosing to use that. Uh, but that doesn't negate the sincerity of the religious convictions of those who still have convictions against uh, this vaccine because of its linkage to uh, using stem cells from a prior abortion, you know, many years ago. Uh, it seems to me like they would still have a case, even though it's a clearly a different vaccine 
in terms of risk and, and type, it uh, seems to me like they would still have a case under Title VII. Right, and some of these employer employees had dual reasons for not getting the COVID vaccine last year. Some, some of it has to do with sanctity of body or sanctity of conscience. And so it wasn't just one aspect of the, you know, of the vaccine that was troubling them. There was many aspects. And the, uh, the employer has an obligation, once put on notice, to listen to the employee and to consider whether or not they can accommodate the employee without an undue hardship. And because they were able to accommodate them all last year, it doesn't make sense that they can't accommodate them this year. Did you know that PJI defends pastors and their churches free of charge, while also providing valuable resources to help protect the church from the encroachment of government? Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. What about the argument of employees who've you know, they've had these religious exemptions, but also in the interim, they've had the, the original COVID-19 or, or the, the Delta, and maybe they've also had the Omicron 4 or 5. Um, I mean, the science is clearly there saying that these people don't need another vaccine, um, at least not yet. I mean, is that, a, is that something that uh, is, is a part of the discussion with regard to these employers, forcing those to have a vaccine that, based on medical study and science, clearly don't need it and have a strong natural immunity now? Well, most of the employers last year, what their main argument was that if you're not vaccinated, you're at risk to be in the hospital or the healthcare facility. And what we have learned and what the CDC, CDC has revealed henceforth is that the vaccination really did not slow transmission of the virus. It protected the you know, individual getting the vaccine, perhaps. And as we saw with Omicron, Omicron and Delta, it really wasn't that effective, right? Um, the Novavax vaccine is yet to be determined. Um, but so they were claiming undue hardship and they were telling these employee, employees that it's just too much of a risk not to have you, to, to accommodate your religious practice. And that was false. That was based on a hypothetical. And you cannot deny religious accommodation based on a hypothetical undue hardship. Right, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know, the fact is also, um, you know, one of the main arguments they say, well, we still want you to get vaccinated and get boosters so you can prevent transmission. And now it's indisputable. The vaccines that are out there do not prevent transmission. Um, so just doesn't make sense. Those with a natural immunity because they've had it, there is some prevention of transmission, uh, but not with those who, with regard to, are using the, the vaccines as, as we presently have them. And I use the word presently because things are, are changing. Um, and uh, there's still, you know, concerns out there by a lot of people that, uh, you know, we're going to see another lockdown after the election, another control, control you know, jab. And um, so I know that's a, a concern. So we'll have to see how things progress. Um, you know, the, the voice of the people, though, um, I think in the end will be heard. <laughs> so uh, that's that's a good thing. Um, also, I know a lot of people with regard to the Novavax just simply don't trust you know, in the past, they might have trusted the CDC and said, OK, yeah, Novavax, OK. That they just don't trust the CDC. They don't trust the FDA uh, because th they feel like they've been lied to because of these about these other vaccines. Um, information oppressed and hidden 
and uh, and uh, you know pre prevented from going forward that talk about real risk, real harm, real dangers that have now impacted thousands and hundreds of thousands of Americans. So many people just simply don't trust the CDC or the FDA, and that's that's a real shame. Have you noticed that um, increasing in America as a result of you know the uh, quote unquote you know pandemic that we've been through and all the the things we've been told and now seem to be utter lies it's it's hard you know it's hard for a lot of people to digest any information right now and people are looking at it with a skeptical eye um, which may or may not be healthy but these cases and these vaccination cases are important because it it sets a precedent on going forward you know 10 years 20 years from now you know, how are we going to look at these vaccination cases and these man this mandate for um, employees to receive a, a vaccine um, based on, um, on hypotheticals and really losing their religious autonomy and, and medical autonomy. And so the precedents set by these vaccine cases um, will be important for years to come. Yeah, it really will. I, I know personally, uh, I, have to, I feel like now I have to look at multiple sources. Um, not just in the United States, but outside the United States that are free from the direct oppression uh, of government in the United States. Like the British Medical Journal came out with a very important study uh, talking about how those who have had, who've, who've had the, the vaccine, the mRNAs, um, they're actually in a worse position, according to the medical uh, journal, the uh, medical journal, very, very reputable, uh, than those who have a natural immunity. Um, you know, very important information. So... I still encourage people just, you know, don't discard, you know, completely what the CDC says or the, F, or the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. Um, look at that, but also look at other sources from other countries, other university studies, and uh, pray about it and seek counsel and try to make the best decision you can based on your risk uh, assessment and uh, what you have to, to deal with. Okay, I know there's a specific case I'd like to focus on now if we can. It's out of Wisconsin, where you have the, uh, the PJI office that you head up, which we're very grateful for. Thank you. Uh, it's involving a Wisconsin healthcare organization's discriminatory practices uh, and denying an employee the ability to even submit a religious exemption request. Uh, what's, what's the background of this? Why, why, why do they do that? Well, it's an interesting case. This employee had a permanent medical exemption for COVID based on a medical disability. And she was aware of this in the summer of 2021. And the same employer decided to um, revoke that, that permanent medical exemption in December, which was after an August 2021 deadline for submitting a religious exemption. Now, this person is a devout Christian who, who also has strong religious beliefs against getting the COVID vaccine and the flu vaccine. But she didn't submit a religious exemption because she had the permanent medical exemption. So shortly thereafter, she, her, um, med her medical disability um, exemption was revoked. She approached her employer, used the appropriate form to request a religious exemption and was expecting to have a conversation with her employee about her, her religious practices and beliefs. Um, the employee employer instead said, oh, I'm sorry, you missed the August deadline. We're not even gonna consider your religious exemption. And she was subsequently fired. Wow, okay. So um, 
I, many people may be asking and wondering, like, well, yeah, she had a permanent medical exemption, but, you know, she still could have filed her religious exemption, um, you know, just to play it safe, if you will. But I can see why an employee would not want to file religious exemption in today's society, um, given the fact that they're often ostracized, stigmatized, uh, harassed, fired. That's not even a hypothetical. We've seen it all across America. I know we at Pacific Justice are, are, have helped hundreds of thousands across the nation dealing with these kinds of issues and, re and repercussions. So uh, to me, it's, it's very logical that she would not want to you know, put her head on another chopping block that she doesn't have to. She's got a permanent medical exemption. Permanent is permanent. So to me, it makes uh, all the sense in the world that she did what she did. Now, how important is it to follow an employer's procedure for requesting a religious exemption? I mean, are we saying that it's not important at all or, or, or how well, should... It, go ahead. I'm sorry. It is very important to follow their procedures because you don't want to create a fact scenario that in the future would go against you. Um, but like you said, this employee had a good reason. She didn't need to um, expose personal information about herself that she didn't want to. She already had a permanent medical exemption. Um, so I always advise people to, to do go overboard, right? So if you have a, a, a disability and you're re requesting a medical exemption and you also have a religious exemption, do both. But a lot of people, if, if she already had the permanent exemption, she had no reason to go forward. Um, so I advise it, but the arbitrary deadlines by employers, even the EEOC has sued a hospital back in 2016 regarding these arbitrary deadlines, saying that an employer can't set a deadline for a religious exemption and then say, oh, I'm sorry you missed the deadline, even though you're giving us notice of your religious, your religious um, practices and beliefs that go against this, this policy, um, the deadline's passed and we're not gonna hear you. Uh, the EEOC has found that to be a problem. Did you know that PJI is the only legal defense nonprofit in America that serves state citizens by fighting state legislatures across the country to ensure unconstitutional or corrupt bills don't become unconstitutional or corrupt laws? That's right, for over 12 years, PJI's Center for Public Policy has generated success by standing firm in opposition to unconstitutional or immoral state bills which makes it easier for our allies in the legislatures to kill these kinds of wrong-headed and even depraved pieces of legislation. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis, including our work through our Center for Public Policy, by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it is a problem. I mean, I think the, the bottom line is, you know, is the employee acting in good faith? Um, is there, you know, if they, if they were being obstinate about the whole thing and just said, say they didn't have a permanent medical exemption, and they just said, eh, I'll, I'll file it when I want to file it, you know, and I'll wait a few months and then I'll file it. I, that's a different ball game than an employee who's acting in good faith relying upon a permanent medical exemption. And, uh, and also our, our client, you know, I know when we take on clients and they have claims of permanent medical exemption, it's a legitimate claim. It's not something that's bogus. You know, I, I know, if, I'll never forget it. I uh, remember an employee working for a, for a firm and, and, you know, they'd filed for, you know, medical exemption and, uh, you know, short term, you know, disability income and, 
And, uh, and I saw him there in the, in the law library, you know, researching to take the bar. I'm like, what's going on here, you know? So <laughs> I understand employers have a right to be cynical sometimes. I get that. But uh, when we take on clients, we make sure that they are completely, you know, legitimate. She had a, a real bona fide permanent medical, valid permanent medical exemption. Um, it uh, was, was taken from her, not recognized, and then suddenly there she is without any exemption because the deadline passed for a religious exemption. Okay, uh, since the employee in this matter did not submit a timely request for religious exemption, uh, is she completely denied a religious discrimination claim because she was too late? No. Because she, all she had to do was, there, there's a three-prong test to whether or not you have a discrimination claim on its face, a religious discrimination claim. And she has a bona fide religious practice or belief that conflicts with her employer's requirement. Um, she gave the employer notice, and the employee, the employer um, terminated her because of this religious practice, rather than trying to find a way to accommodate her. And the employer already had employees with the religious accommodations in, in place. So they can't say it's an undue hardship to, to accommodate her. They just said, we're not going to look at it. You're past the deadline. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about this, but it, it's just so blatantly unreasonable. You know, they're not even going to look at it. They're not even going to see if there's any way that they can reasonably accommodate her. They say, no, you know, you're one of those people. Um, you're, we're not going to accommodate you. We don't want you. Um, that's discrimination. That's intolerance. That's maybe, you know, maybe it's just someone in HR who just has a, an axe to grind against Christians, people of faith. I don't know, but it just, it's not logical. It doesn't show uh, an employer who really actually wants to, to do what's right and, and, and uh, keep an employee and not fire them recklessly or uh, even hostily. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that's, that's something I think the average person would relate to as being unreasonable. Um, the fact the employer had made no attempt to even try to accommodate the employee in, in some way, shape, or form. I know some people are working from their home still, doing a great job. Uh, you know, that's, I, I think, something that should at least be brought into consideration. I think employers have shown how effective that is, or working in another department or working in another area. But even then, it's, they're, they're still having to contend that there's some kind of threat, which I think a reasonable person today looking at the, the Omicron and the rates of it and et cetera, the natural immunity would say, no, there is no threat. That's why people don't have to wear masks on airplanes anymore uh, or even cruise ships. So uh, what possible discrimination claims does this employee have, Carol? Well, it's, it's, she has a religious discrimination claim. Um, she also, and, and her discrimination claims um, is based on, is on the fact that the, um, that she was denied the ability to even request religious accommodation. And it's also based on a, a flawed um, religious accommodation process because on the form for the religious exemption request, the employer requires it to be a tenant of a faith practice or belief. And the courts have determined time and time again, it doesn't have to be a tenant of any organized faith or religion. Right, and I think that just even from a Christian perspective, um, you know, Christianity isn't a contract faith. 
where <laughs> we we sign a contract, <laughs> you know, um, and then it's it. It's it's uh, yeah. We we come into a personal relationship with the Lord through faith, and we have justification through Christ, just as if we never sinned. It we made whole. But then we have this sanctification process where we're growing as Christians. We're, we're growing in our walk with the Lord and convictions of the Holy Spirit and convictions from the Scriptures. So to me, it's, it's not irrational that someone may have one time said, yeah, it seemed like this was the thing to do. I may have, you know, didn't pray about it or I followed people's peer pressure. And then, but now afterwards, I feel like I did the wrong thing and I, I don't want to take the booster. I feel like it's, it's wrong. It's, it's going to... I, don't, I feel like God doesn't want me to do it. I had reactions last time. Um, supposedly, when you get a booster, the reactions are likely to be more severe than the prior reactions. So I, I get that, and I think that, uh, that employers should get that as well and should be open to employees who have second thoughts and have convictions and need to be accommodated reasonably. Uh, Carol uh, Lee, you're doing a great job, and we're so glad to have you on our team at PJI, and keep up the great work there in Wisconsin. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.